0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Upstream podcast. I'm your host, Prema Gurunathan, Managing Director of Upstream. Upstream is a partnership between Imperial College London and Hammersmith & Fulham, aimed at turning the borough into a leading destination for the science, tech and creative industries, and with a particular mission to transforming White City into an innovation district. We're now on to Episode 7 of our Discovery Series, which aims to shine a light and allow you to hear from the innovative organisations based in this borough. We're recording in the pod box on White City Place and thanks to Mitsui, Fudosan and Stanhope for giving us use of the box. Our guest today drum roll is Alessio Dantino from Forward Fooding. Um, in my words, and he's going to phrase this a lot better later on, uh, Forward Fooding is a global network of entrepreneurs powered by entrepreneurs and it provides the support and speed to enable col- collaborations and partnerships between established food organizations and startups. Uh, Forward Fooding is based at Huckletree West in White City Place and Alessio is its CEO and founder. Welcome, Alessio. Thank you. First, please, could you tell us a bit more about Forward Fooding?
1: For sure. So, I built this company about now three and a half years ago, actually, here Mm -hmm. in the UK, um, with one very simple aim, which was really to create the largest, actually, community of innovators in the food and food tech space. And effectively, we built it as a platform mm-hmm. eventually um, to b- bring together, you know, all the stakeholders yeah. on the one end, you know, the startups on the other hand, you know, the investors and the corporates um, to effectively foster for the innovation. Mm-hmm. As we've seen that there was a lot of, you know, interesting ideas and solutions mm-hmm. out there in the market. But then there is a gap, which is, how do you bring you know, them to the market? And mm-hmm. most and foremost, how do you make them to scale? You know? Yep. Um, and that's where the, the corporates also then come in, because mm-hmm. they need to innovate, and uh, they need to get access to some of these startups or mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurs, because after all, I think innovations you know, start with people more than, <laughs> than solutions. Uh, and so that's where we do really with the platform. We connect effectively these parties.
0: Good. And that brings us on very nicely to the second question, which is I think it sounds the problem you're trying to solve is basically enhance innovation at speed and making sure that startups have the opportunity to talk to corporates who've probably got the heft, but not necessarily the level of innovation or the agility to act and innovate quickly. Could you talk us through some of the interesting examples of companies you've worked with and sure. any interesting successes to date?
1: Yeah. 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 So exactly. Yeah. The problem we're trying to solve was really that bridging that gap, mm-hmm. right? where You have tech solutions, and most and foremost, again, people are working on alternative, if you will, solutions to the existing ones. And uh, you have the, basically, need of large corporates Mm -hmm. to, you know, tap into these solutions. So the um, we know that you know the broken dynamics of this industry or of the whole food system mm-hmm. will need to be addressed mm-hmm. somehow to also feed you know 10 billion people yeah. in 2050 mm-hmm. and we think that entrepreneurship and the tech can actually have a role you know mm-hmm. can play a massive role actually in uh, delivering mm-hmm. new solutions that then eventually would allow us to feed you know mm-hmm. th- that many people on the other hand, when you help the, the industry to embrace more collaborative models to actually, yeah. you know, bring these solutions to the market, that's where we think that, you know, you basically bring the best of both worlds. The agility of startups and you know, to innovate and the ability, you know, to do so um, with the expertise and, and infrastructures of corporates to actually scale these innovations. And that's where... Ultimately, what we want to see as the change, if you will, uh, that we bring into the world is uh, raising the bar of also consumers, what consumers mm-hmm. get, but also how you can produce, you know, food in a in a lot more sustain, with using a lot more sustainable practices, and that's where the tech element, you know, comes in. Okay. In terms of cases, uh, we have actually built along with Aquatree, uh, uh, London's first food yes. and food tech innovation yeah. hub, which I'm really proud of actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, saying it because it took us a while, you know, to find the right, also real estate partner. Oh, okay. And eventually yes. it, we found the perfect match, so to speak, with, with Aquatree. Mm-hmm. As they, they first, they built, you know, this space about two years ago, two years ago now. Um, and they wanted to cater it to the creative industry, mm-hmm. which was also what we were already, you know, working in. If you take consider food and brands, you know, mm-hmm. to be part of it. Okay. Um, and on the other hand, they had already created a... a, a community of techies mm-hmm. which is what and we wanted to basically bring in yes. the foodies and so since then we've been running uh, bimonthly food tech meetups along oh, with uh, the uh, with aqua tree as well okay. where we bring in really the foodies yeah. and the techies yeah. you know also to spark connections that mm-hmm. eventually will will hopefully create you know new ventures as well at the intersection of food and technology because one of the things that we see as well is mm-hmm. that you know Unless you, you get the techies excited about working in food, you're never gonna create tech-driven you know yeah. solutions. Because yeah. <laughs> you know you have an issue mm-hmm. that you want to solve, but you may don't have you know the technical expertise to do that. But vice versa, you know techies have maybe you know the kind of the oh, tech yeah. side of things you know yeah. sorted out, but do not know the dynamics of the food industry. So then it would become you know difficult to to basically find a solution that actually has a market.
0: Can we turn more broadly to innovation in food? And there's been a great deal of focus on sustainability from farm to fork, from agri-tech, uh, how our food has grown to processing, transportation, plastic packaging, and of course, you a know, very popular topic, food waste right at the end. Uh, I note you're also one on the judging panel for the World Food Innovation Awards this year. So the question is, what are the innovations uh, you've had since you founded Forward Fooding that leave you most excited and I think hopeful about humankind behind being more sustainable when it comes to food?
1: Well, that's a, that's a $1 million question, yeah. so What gets other, you excited, I think, about what you're working There is so with. much going on, Mm-mm. and I'm not exaggerating that. It's really difficult to pull out, yeah. I think, you know, yeah. one specific solution. Okay. However, okay, one is ag tech. So any solutions that is an intersection, again, of technology and agriculture or has an application in agriculture whether it's precision farming, whether it's uh, um, autonomous robots that, you know, will basically do the work that, you know, farmers would do but autonomously, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, drones. And I think there are two elements within that that I find particularly interesting. One is, uh, I think technology, and again, you know, autonomous robots can really become a lot more efficient in some of the solutions that have been adopted by the industry for a long time, mm-hmm. namely chemicals, yep. right? Because, for instance, um, now you can actually uh, kill weeds with uh, the electri- el- electrical discharges by just literally, you know, going to that single weed that needs to basically get—you mm-hmm. need to get rid of, right? Whereas we used to use this kind of like spray and pray sort yeah. of approach, where you know you would spread a lot of uh, chemicals on a field, yeah. hoping that you were gonna, you know, yeah. uh, kill that, legal, that, that single, you know, weed. So it's becoming a lot more precise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that is going to effectively or necessarily replace you know, human beings, mm-hmm. but it will just become a lot smarter and a lot more precise and effective than mm-hmm. it is right now. And the other, mm, other trend that I see that, or other opportunity that I see actually within that is that effectively now farmers can also leverage data which they would have never been able to do that before when you have, for instance, you know, when you map your field, right, mm-hmm. using uh, hyperspectral uh, image visionary technology or, uh, or even just a drone, you know, that would fly over your field and will give farmers, you know, real-time data about what's going on on their field. That in its own right, as I think data is also becoming a currency, if you mm-hmm. will, can create actually new opportunities for business, also for farmers. Um, the second main area I would say is reinventing protein. So anything protein that, you know, gets developed from, uh, you know, plant-based all the way through insects yes. to even air, to be honest, mm-hmm. is actually a thing. Where there are companies now that are turning CO2 into actually a powder that is high in protein. Uh, by using different bio- biotechnologies, effectively. Have
0: you tasted that before? I've
1: never tasted, them, <laughs> but I know they're a thing. And although uh, or, or you know, in kind of its infancy as, mm. a, as a sector, um, I think as again we are going to be feeding you know uh, seven mm. ten billion people you know in by mm. 2050, and seven billion will actually be living in urban areas. Yeah. We'll basically need to create technologies that will allow us to create food closer to the cities and that's where you know things like you know proteins that are grown into a lab or Mm -hmm. lab-grown meat or you know uh, plant-based alternatives will that basically become I think the norm in probably five to ten years from now Mm -hmm. as effectively you know meet the need of you know feeding an increasing demand of uh, population and you know a lot of demand of foods that derives from it just you know closer to where, where the demand is And the third one is actually, yeah, surplus and waste management. Mm -hmm. Um, And by surplus, I also would include alternative packaging. Mm -hmm. um, Only to say that, um, you know, there are now ways to create, basically, packaging from, for instance, plants or seaweed or, you Mm -hmm. know, algaes. And and that becomes a lot more sustainable. In some forms, it's even edible. So you really cut, you know, the whole sort of plastic, you know, Mm -hmm. thing. at the top of yeah. a kind of tackling know, the issue at the source yeah. um, but then all the way through creating technologies that actually help for instance restaurants to better manage their food waste
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, by for instance uh, putting a scale that actually weighs in the the waste and then it helps you to effectively uh, change your menu mm-hmm. according to what is gonna expire so uh-huh. that you use it beforehand and so that these type of technologies, I think, are becoming quite mainstream now, yeah. especially in like very large, you know, um, scale sort mm-hmm. of uh, facilities, whether it's like, you know, chains of restaurants or even, you know, um, kitchens of uh, yeah. cruises, for instance. Oh, gosh. Can imagine. You see the amount it, yeah. of waste that yeah. is generated there is incredible. So it's really about, I think, just uh, kind of getting people, you know, a little bit more uh, used to to actually work with this new set yeah. of tools, really.
0: And, and that actually picks up on my next question, which is, you know, there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of interesting things you could be doing. And the technology is there. I mean, I'm sure it needs to be developed. But there's an element of, you know, changes in behavior, mindset. And I think part of it's, you know, we've always done it this way. Or rather, we've been doing it since, you know, the last 70 years, since the Second World War, when the last time we had major food shortages in the Western world. And how... How much willingness do you see amongst the major corporates and key producers of food to institute more sustainable practices?
1: I actually see a lot of willingness and a lot of uh, efforts, to mm-hmm. be honest, just because I don't really believe that this whole sort of like push, if you will, yeah. to change is actually consumers driven. Consumers are now a lot more educated than they used mm-hmm. to be. And i think we're transitioning from a sort of a push approach where we are we're pushed food through marketing of any sort which is also you know yeah. industrialized food yeah. um to actually a pool approach and mm-hmm. this is why and this is all driven by the fact that we have access to data that we did not have access to beforehand you know internet yeah. Yeah. on the one end has allowed us to i guess question you mm-hmm. know anything that we are um, we're offered right from a label of a product mm-hmm. that you find in the supermarket, all the way through what is actually good for you. For you, right? Because we have also understood that food, it kind of varies. You know, is good for you. What is good for you mm-hmm. might not be good for me. So, this all, I guess, um, data-driven approach now mm-hmm. that a lot of consumers are are, are taking is actually pushing also the industries to become more transparent, um, to adopt you know also technologies like blockchain to showcase the full traceability ah, of the supply chain. Yeah, course, yes. And yeah. I guess we're getting to a point where mm-hmm. you basically have the same product on the mm-hmm. shelf yeah. or a, a very similar one, and then you will have one with maybe a QR code that mm-hmm. will allow you to see the full traceability of the supply chain mm-hmm. versus another one that might not have it. And I yeah. think any, I guess, uh, savvy consumer yep. or any i guess consumer that actually cares yes, about yeah. what goes into their food mm-hmm. would probably start questioning you know why this one doesn't have it and that one does have it right mm-hmm. so that's where i think the role of um of corporates is really to just em- embrace you know mm-hmm. the the fact that these these new solutions are effectively going to be in the market no matter what yeah. right and so what I started seeing is that, you know, through corporate venture harms, through mm-hmm. accelerators, through all sort of like, you know, other activities, they're mm-hmm. trying really to tap into um, these solutions yeah. because they really need it. Uh, as you know, consumers will demand more and more for those things. Mm-hmm. And if they, they basically don't jump on the on the innovation in a bad wagon, yeah. then uh, yeah. they're just gonna miss out. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I guess collaboration, you know, needs to be embraced yeah. as, um, the pace at which also is happening Mm -hmm. is just too fast for any large corporate you know to to basically keep up with it
0: so we're talking about the external landscape can we just bring it in now and if you were to look at forward fooding so we're about we're in the early quarter of 2020 uh, what do you hope to look back on in about 12 months time and pat yourself on your back for accomplishing with the business and the business plan
1: yeah well, we have set a very clear uh, and I guess uh, fairly achievable objectives yeah. <laughs> for this year. Um, the first one would be to actually scale our innovation network of innovation hubs. So we're planning to open a new one in Spain by the summer. Uh, and we have already an office in Rome now, uh, which we're hoping to also bolster uh, the Italian side of, of the business, if you will, by um, creating another hub in actually Milan, mm-hmm. which has already been built. And we're hoping to get uh, a, a better foot in the door, if you will, uh, in it. Um, then uh, we have built our own data intelligence, and in which we launched actually last year. So it's a software that we then licensed to companies. And now we have about 50 corporate executives using it to navigate the global agri-food tech landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping to get at least 150 new users by the end of the year, um, which is actually quite achievable as we're growing it you know, quite mm-hmm. fast through um, a number of activities that we've done, including the Food Tech 500, mm-hmm. which is also the third sort of lag of our uh, plan. Where we launched this year, this sort sort of like our response to Fortune 500 for Uh Agri-Food-Tech where we have showcased about 500 Agri-Food-Tech companies that Mm -hmm. we think are the kind of movers and shakers of the space. Um, Next year we want to make it even bigger. Uh, Last year we received uh, 1,200 applications. Uh, out of which we have shortlisted five hundred businesses. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get at least three times the number, as we see that you know the, the pace at which is yes, developing yeah. is really really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe actually using it also in conjunctions with our with some of our uh, corporate clients yeah. uh, to really again help them to connect, you know, with uh, with the right companies that they can help them to innovate.
0: Okay, so not a lot then. Not a lot. <laughs> We've talked a bit about food, and it's almost lunchtime as we record. And two questions. So this is complete stereotype, right? So most of us would assume there's a good chance someone running a food accelerator is a foodie who lives to eat (laughs) instead of eating to live. Um, Is that true? Are we off the mark? And are you a good cook? And uh, actually, let's answer the question: Are you a good cook first?
1: Okay. Well, I consider myself to be a decent cook. Decent cook. In the sense that I actually enjoy cooking a lot, yeah. and I find it a very, very relaxing activity. Mm-hmm. So I try to do it at least three to four times a week. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. However, yes, I'm a big foodie. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, I guess, probably get myself into this, this job otherwise. Um, but I have to say that I'm actually a lot more excited about the food tech side mm-hmm. of it, meaning um, I always look at the potential and impact that some yeah. of these, especially tech solutions, you know, can have on the broader food system, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, the food itself. Because yeah. yes, of course, you know, food has to taste great mm-hmm. in order to, I guess, be palatable and, yeah. you know, appreciated by consumers. But I think we're living a a, ne- a era where this old new wave of solutions are really transforming, you know, the yeah. food system as we know it. Yeah. And so that's really what, I, I guess, kind of keeps me awake at night and <laughs> sometimes, you know, overexcited about how you know in the long term yeah. what is the the impact that yeah. this technology or this new solution you know can have Mm-mm. at the ecosystem level because i think you know the challenge we're up against mm-hmm. are are really really big you know mm-hmm. the climate change and and you know you yeah. name it yeah. but um food is still going to be basically a human yeah. need and so that is the some of these solutions would really need to bring you know a systemic change mm-hmm. in order to to become you know the new standard
0: yeah. final question is the rapid fire round no thinking just answer yeah. and if you don't know just, just say something just say something <laughs> okay so it's, it's basically choices okay yeah. uh, so Godfather or Star Wars Godfather Godfather Haribos or Hula Hoops Ooh,
1: uh, I guess Haribo
0: Haribos Climb or uh, climb up to a mountain or jump from a plane? Jump from a plane. What's for dinner tonight?
1: Uh, Plan bay stuff for sure. Probably mushroom risotto.
0: Mushroom risotto, okay. And would you rather cuddle a baby panda or a baby penguin? A towel will be provided for the baby penguin.
1: Okay, <laughs> I guess the, the latter then, the penguin.
0: Finally, this is so we have had seven people, and finally somebody has chosen the baby penguin. <laughs> well done, you <laughs> Thank you so much for coming onto our program. It's been a lovely experience me. meeting you.
1: Thank you.